You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. You know what this is. Let's get to it, you crazy bunch of animals. Bunch of, bunch of fiends. I'm feeling good today. The Roquan thing, man, it has just got me in a mood. I'll just I'll just tell you right now. But um yeah, where do we leave off yesterday? Looks like next caller is Joe. Joe, get us started off, you know, the right way. Let's get this feel good attitude going. I got a good feeling about today, man. It's gonna be a good day. What's up, Joe? Hey Ryan. What up? Joe from Connecticut. Hey. So I'm a middle school janitor. Master of the janitorial arts. Hey, there you go. Um, Master of the arts. I, I hate my job. Okay. And I hate those kids. Okay. Little turf stains. Yeah. Anyway, my life is pretty. Uh, <coughs> um, you know, one thing that makes me happy. There we go. When other people are miserable. Okay. You know, one of my favorite segments. Yeah. Laughing at the enemy. Yeah. Can you please, please find a really upset Bears fan. All right. That has absolutely no hope for the 2022 season. Okay. And make a a little laughing at the enemy segment. Maybe uh, help me get through these tough times. Yeah. It's a tough life. Uh, anyway, love the podcast. All right, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, well. We'll get together sometime soon. Um, not not a not a bad start, all things considered. Um, maybe maybe not the direction I was planning to go down. Um, let's see what we can do here. Let's see what I can find. Um, let's start with this. Hopefully, this will appease you, Chicago Bears. Um, th- this is actually Chat Sports, and to be clear, this is somewhat of a professional uh, organization, I guess. Literally drinking, literally drinking at what? What was this? Like nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning, while recording a video. So that's something. Let's uh, let's hear what they have to say. Don't mind me. Just gonna pour one out this morning because our boy Roquan Smith has requested a trade, and uh, I don't know about you. When negative news hits, you know, a little shot can ease the tension a little bit. So cheers, Roquan. Ah, it's early. It's early. Here is a different video, but the same guy. It is uh, Chat Sports. They did a little bit of a longer thing. Um, first of all, he introduced this new video saying, you know, we got drinks. <laughs> We're going to be drinking today. And then the first poll that they put up, which, you know, he put up a poll and then he's going to wait and we'll, we'll get the results of that later. I don't exactly know how it goes because I'm doing this on the fly, man. You ask a question, I'm trying to dig this up as we go. 
But check this out. Here's a super chat from Vibin coming in. I'm sick of this team. F polls. Wow. Sound off in the comments on that one. First comment of the show. I'm sick of this team and F polls. There you go. Polls is the GM, by the way. Here is later in that same video. And by the way, this has like 9,000 views, tons and tons of people, tons of comments coming in that he hasn't read. And I hope he gets to them soon because they're all horrible. But here's the next question. What is your confidence level in the Bears to salvage this situation on a scale from 1 to 10? Ready? Here we go. Needs to go. Andrew says 1. AJ says 4. Andrew says 1. Tim says 3. Hashtag pay Roquan from Incognito. Andrew says (laughs) 1. Legend says 4. We got uh, Busy says 4. Jason 5. Tony 6. Hey, a Chris, six. Ten. Oh. Yeah. Pearson, Sam, five. Lucas, four. Wasim, three. It goes on like that literally forever. I'm looking at the comments. It just keeps going. Um, so there's the comment section blowing up. Not only are they unhappy with the situation, but their confidence level and their ability to fix this. This is, this is beyond how... It's not a question of are you happy with the situation. Um, no, I'm, I'm at a one. Do you trust... Ryan Poles, the guy that you guys, that Bears fans have been bragging about for months. Do you trust this guy to fix the situation? One, 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 three, one, three, four, three, one, one, you know, just down the line, a 10 mixed in there somewhere by a, a Homer. But you always get those guys. It's like that guy that was on Packers Twitter trashing everybody, talking about how stupid everybody is for thinking that people are going to leave and thinking that this is going to be a bad team. Blah, 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 blah. You always get those guys. Here's a super chat that came in from a Lions fan, which is hilarious. Oh, Don Burr, he's loving this. Oh, and 17, laughing at work so hard. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> a Lions fan jumped in on a Bears fan live stream and said, Oh, and 17, laughing at work so hard. <laughs> oh, it's a, it is a, if this was a Packer fan, you know, yeah, ha, ha, that's a funny guy. A freaking Lions fan is in tears laughing and actually spent money to make fun of a Bears fan on his own stream, and all he can do is go, yeah, <laughs> you got me. That's all they can do right now. That's how bad it is. By the way, he's doing shots for every $100. I don't drink anymore, but I got to figure something out like that. What could we do like every, not 100 because that'll be the day when I get $100 on a stream, but I got to think of something. We'll do a couple more before we got to move in. Vaughn, here's another super chat. We'll start today's show with Lucas. I still think this is a negotiation tactic, talking about Roquan requesting a trade, but I'm confused why Poles refuses to pay the best player on the team. I'm I'm still happy he doesn't just throw away money at players, but come on, Poles. That's kind of where I'm at. So, again, it's like even when they're trying to be positive, it's like, you know, I think it's a tactic, and, you know, I, I understand, the, the, but what the heck? Again, to reiterate, Poles was a god in Chicago like two months ago. Here's a good one. You, you want misery? Here's, here's the pit of despair. Let's go to Zach here. Uh, Wolchinski? Is this uh, Zolchinski's cousin? Uh, I've been a Bears fan for 20 years, and I'm 28, and if the Bears don't keep Roquan at a reasonable price, I'll have to switch franchises. <laughs> I seriously can't understand why they'd lowball a pillar like him. I- <laughs> Look, I'm not going to go as far as saying any fans just let it just roll. bail on a team if this happens, but I, I, 
I understand where y'all are coming from. I mean, I, this is <laughs> this this is it, man. This is where we're at. If you want to entertain yourself, go find you some Bears fans. Go. I mean, Twitter's not super great because you get a lot of the the you know the front line guys who are going to back the team and want to fight back. But again, the problem is if you engage, they're going to fight because you're a Packer fan. You got to sneak in and keep your mouth shut and go find them hanging up by themselves because when they talk amongst themselves, they're going to tell you everything you want to hear. Don't don't ask them because then they're going to get defensive. All right, last one. This is from Mustafa the Great. Ready? Here we go. We're going to we're going to end it on this. Mustafa Poles wants a bunch of hard-nosed third stringers. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Get in here. <laughs> Poles wants a bunch of hard-nosed third stringers. There we go. All right, anyways, we got to move on. Hopefully that, um, you know, laughing at other people's misery has helped your day a bit. Uh, JJ, what's going on, man? This via Aaron Wilson. Green Bay Packers to work out former Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams, according to a league source. He worked out for the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this week. Come on, man. We sign him. It's a Super Bowl, you know that. Love me some Dexter, man. Always like Dexter. The, the thing with me is I, I like every running back that's ever come through here. I think they're all great. Um, I think I, I haven't quite come around to B.J. Baylor yet, but I, I probably will. Um, like Tyler Goodson a ton. Um, sorry, Pat, Tyler. Patrick Taylor I already like. Goodson Goodson I like, but I want to see him. for. That's the thing. I, I got to see him. Once I see that nice, smooth cut and run, I'm, I'm, it's game over. I'm, I'm on board. Didn't really see it on family night, but um, we'll get to see both of those running backs. I'm sure they'll make some plays, and that'll be it for me. I'll I'll be all in. All right, next caller, what you got for me, man? Hey, Ryan, Trevor here again. Uh, what up? You know what state I'm from by now. Um, I was calling to discuss uh, tipping, religion, and politics. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I had a serious question here that I think a lot of people want to know. Uh, me and my buddy, who is an Eagles fan, we're going to head up to Philadelphia this year for the Eagles-Packer game. Okay. Um. We all know what we've heard about Philly fans. It's pretty brutal up there. And, you know, so I, I don't think I can wear Packers gear and go in there. But, like, does it. that make me a traitor to the team, you know? I'm, right. I mean, I'm definitely not going to wear Eagles gear or anything. But is it is it worth wearing my Packers gear to, you know, potentially wear a jersey or something and have a drink dumped on me and get it ruined anyway or get jumped on the street trying to walk in the game? Uh, I know you're not big on games. You don't, you know, the people think. But, uh, yeah, just let me know your thoughts. I think you'll probably catch a lot of flack from people saying you need to man up and wear a jersey, but I don't. I don't see it as being necessary at all. Um, I've seen way too many videos, and, and granted, there's probably a lot of back and forth before it gets to this. But I've seen way too many videos of, you know, fist fights going on in the stands. You know, not just the drinks, but I mean, just getting laid out, um, getting stomped out. I mean, there there will be groups of people just stomping on a guy. Um, there have occasionally been stabbings. I mean, I know this is extremely rare. Every single year, there's hundreds of thousands or hundreds and or thousands of people that are going to be wearing, you know, the the opposing team's jerseys and they don't get stabbed or punched or even sped. Sometimes they even get treated well. Um, but I don't I don't really see it as necessary. I really don't. Um, all it takes is one super psychotic drunk with a bad attitude to really cause a lot of problems for you. So, I, you know, if you want to do it, go for it. But you sound like you don't, and I get that. And so just wear whatever. 
You know, just walk in with, uh, did you say you're going with your buddy who's an Eagles fan? So he's going to be, and that's the thing. You go with your buddy who's an Eagles fan, he's going to be in Eagles gear. And so you're going to fly under the radar. And and that's the other thing, too, where, like, you know, if you did wear, like, a Packers jersey, you maybe get a bit of a pass because you're, you know, you, you get, you're a buddy is get an Eagles jersey and whatnot. But if you just slide in there with, I don't know, anything, just a, a, a black T-shirt, Nobody's going to care. Now, if you start cheer, and, and, and that's where it becomes a problem, because if you feel like you can't cheer, that sucks. And you probably won't. And you're certainly not going to cheer if the Eagles do anything. So it's now, now you're like hiding, you know, and, and that's not fun. It's not going to be fun to feel obligated to cheer and like look over your shoulder when you don't cheer and kind of do like a quiet fist bump or, you know, now we're getting into like, okay, this, this just sucks territory. So I don't really know how to navigate that. You'll probably be fine, you know. I, I think at worst, you're going to deal with a whole lot of, you know, if things are going poorly, you're going to deal with a bunch of loud mouths. And if you don't respond or if you're just kind of cool about it, like, yeah, dude, I know that sucks. You'll be all right. And if the Packers are doing well, just keep your mouth shut. You know, I mean, you could cheer probably, maybe a little bit quietly, but you start, you know, doing the whole in your face, suck it thing to your friend, you, you might get in trouble. So I think you'll be all right. And I think it's going to be a sucky experience if you go in there and hide, but it's probably going to be a sucky experience if you don't hide because you're going to deal with Eagles fans. So the bottom line is you made a really bad decision going to this game. But, um, you know, I hope it's fun. Hope hope you enjoy it. Try one of those uh, Philly cheesesteak things because they look like garbage. Try it and report back to me. Let me know how it is because it, um, it looks horrible. And um, I've never made a cheese steak sandwich but the first one i ever make will be better than the garbage they make in philly i can tell you that next caller what's on your mind hey ryan it's joe from connecticut what up master of the custodial art oh no anyway um getting prepping the middle school for uh school coming up is anyone else really scared i mean i'm, I'm not kidding when i say i haven't heard or know what direction we're at. I, I'm I'm a little unnerved by this. <laughs> I'm scared to hit play. Um, and I'm sorry about the background noise. Hey, Joe, I don't want to tell you what to do, man, but if you got, like, driving with the windows down or something, you know, it's hard to hear you. One of my uh, tasks is to uh, scrape all the gum. Yeah. That the, those, little, those little kids. Yeah, man. But on the bottom of the tables, desks everywhere. Every year I make a count. This year so far, I'm up to 4,627 pieces of gum. I have to scrape off the bottom of tables, chairs, etc. Right, I get it. Uh, Needless to say, when I see a teenager chewing gum, I want to punch him in the throat. Hope they choke never eat gum again. Oh no. Is that wrong? Yes. Uh, I got a question for you. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I am so nervous about... Please don't do anything to anyone, all right? You've called into the show. I don't know if that makes me an accessory or whatever. I don't know if I'm supposed to call and report you. I'm not going to. I'm just saying, I don't want to feel obligated. So just be nice to the kids, okay? Just be nice. I mean, if you want to glare at them... Yell at them. I don't care. Just don't physically assault any of the kids, please. All right, your question now. What's the worst thing you ever did to watch a Packer game? Maybe the worst thing you ever missed. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you mine. Um, so <clears throat> for my wedding, we had a wedding tasting, uh, wedding food tasting, dinner okay. thing. And uh, Packers game happened to be on at the same time. And uh, I proceeded to watch that Packers game on my cell phone the entire dinner. Yeah. The wife wasn't very happy. Um, hold on, hold on. First of all, I got your back on that one, dude. It's just a tasting, right? I mean, it's not a wedding. It's, 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 that's a compromise. She scheduled something during a Packer game. And I understand you guys aren't married yet, but I'm, I'm sure at this point in your relationship, she understands that is a faux pas. You cannot do that. And so if you do that, you make that horrible decision to schedule something and granted, you got to tread lightly because this is all wedding stuff and you don't want to go down the whole path of, so this is more important than our marriage, which, whatever. Um, but that was her bad. And so for you to be such a good person as to say, you know what, I will compromise and I will go. And I'll just have it up on my phone and I'll glance at it and then I'll eat food. It's going to be a great day. Like, we're going to eat delicious food and I'm going to check out my phone and um, I'll report to you how the food tastes as I'm watching the game and cheering and stuff. I, I think that's totally fine. Um, yeah. I am still married somehow, but, uh, yes. Anyway, that's the worst thing. Yeah. You still can't bring it up to this day. She probably forgot about it. Hopefully. No, she'll never forget about that. Never mind. No, she won't. But, yeah. Uh, another question for you. And then somehow it gets cut off at another question for you. I don't know if he calls back. He didn't, so that's scary. Let me hear the rest of this and just make sure. Okay. I don't know what happened. Um, hope you're doing okay there, Joe. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I'm not understanding this, but, but a, a tasting? I don't even remember like doing a tasting for the food we got. I think my wife just was like price shopping and picked one, and it was delicious, by the way. I know we tried the cake. But I think I just met her somewhere, and it was, like, in the parking lot. And she had, like, cakes laid out, and we just ate cake in a parking lot on the back of her trunk. And it was delicious, and it was awesome. Um, and we got Simma's Cheesecake, which is, like, the greatest thing in the world. I think that's what it's called. Anyways, um, the only thing that comes to mind in regard to this would be, and this happens every single year, for some reason, um, my kids, we homeschool our kids, and they they still go to like a, a school. It's it's a it's like a once a week thing. It, it, they're in a program, so once a week you go there and you learn how to do the school, and then you go do it at home. But anyways, there, there's graduation ceremonies every year. It magically falls on the draft, and my wife is is trying to convince me that it's not true that um, it's ladies who are mad at their husbands who are deliberately scheduling this on purpose. But then this year, it was like a month and a half after school was out, and it landed perfectly on the first day of the draft. And I just looked at my wife, and I was like, really? This wasn't intentional? And even she was kind of like, all right, yeah, that's a little weird. But anyways, the first time that this happened, um, I think my oldest daughter had one of her graduation things. I don't think the younger ones were in it yet. And so I went. I went to the graduation, and... I set my phone on the chair next to me, and I had the dress with my wife's permission, by the way, just just to be clear. And I just kind of propped it up with my headphones in, so I could listen to what was going on with that. And then I stuck around, and um, 
you know, usually it's your kid does something, but then you're obligated to stay for everybody else, which takes forever. I was given the green light once the oldest daughter is done doing her stuff, I can book it. And so I did. That also happened this year. Um, again, scheduled at the exact same, and not just on the day, but at the time, like randomly at like seven o'clock at night, like really? What, what was the first day of the draft? Thursday? A month and a half after school was done on a random Thursday from like six to eight at night. Yeah, right. So anyways, I went and again was given permission by my wonderful wife to uh, bail as soon as my kid's stuff was done. So they were up very early. I said, great job. I booked it out of there. And I made it back in time for the uh, the stream. That would be probably, I think, the worst thing. I know I watched the World Series while my wife was in not like in labor, but we were in the we were in the room there. My wife wasn't upset about it, but the nurses really seemed to not like me. <laughs> Every time they come in, I'm just kicked my feet up watching the World Series. I don't even like baseball, but you know it was interesting. Anyways, um, whew, we got a lot of calls to get through, and I am taking a long time, so let's see if we can pick up the pace here. Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey, Goose. Just thinking about your uh, well-documented avert to vegetables. Yep. And you were saying that when you have salsa, you don't even like the chunks right. on your chips. Right. But you love tacos. I do. So I got to ask you, don't you like guacamole and pico de gallo? Never like, had guacamole. Is it even? The- and I'm not even sure what pico de gallo is. I know I've heard of it, and I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm not sure what that is. And no, I don't like guacamole. I, 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 I don't, maybe I love guacamole. I've never had it. I don't want anything to do with it. Taco, if you don't have one of those two on there, I am dying to know. So, no. yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. When I tell you that I make... Um, White people tacos, a.k.a. gringo tacos, it is a flour tortilla, like a burrito one, right? So that's why people know it's a burrito, whatever. I don't care what you call it. Giant tortilla, ground beef with minimal seasoning, sometimes none at all, salt, you know, but sometimes I'll shake a little bit of that uh, fajita seasoning stuff in there, whatever. It is like shredded mozzarella, not kidding, mozzarella, if we have it, and um, like shredded cheddar. And then maybe like white rice. And then I'll just load it up with, I will do salsa sometimes. Uh, I've got this uh, habanero salsa. No, I don't pick out the chunks. There was a time in my life I would have, but I don't know. It's, it's, as long as I don't notice it, it's like big crunchy chunks. I don't really care. Um, and then hot sauce. A lot of hot sauce on there. And, and there are other sauces that I like that are, that are quite good and whatnot. Um, but that's it. And, and 100% I would eat... Even if I didn't have the, the sauces, I would do, I, for most of my life, actually, tacos were ground beef and cheese, and that's it. Nothing else was on it. So just to be very clear, that's what we're talking about when I, when I say I have a vegetable aversion. I've literally never had guacamole in my life. And looking at pico de gallo, that's literally salsa without the juice. That is the opposite of what I want. So no, I, I, I don't. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll put salsa on it, and it's going to be a lot of, lot of juice and not a lot of anything else. Anyways, Goose is uh, he's back from Hey, home. Tom. It's Goose calling in with an answer to your question, how to distract a Vikings fan. All right, here you go. He simply asked them what the reason for them not winning the Super Bowl every year for the last four years is. Is it because of Mike Zimmer or Kirk Cousins? Who's at fault? 
then the argument ensues and you are free to go. There you go. You get them arguing amongst themselves and you just walk out the back door. I like that. Um, JJ. came in at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> so um, that was JJ's reaction to the breaking news that Roquan Smith has officially asked for a trade. And that uh, strangely, strangely that sums it up. Uh, we got a bunch from Justin. We'll try to run through them or possibly break them up. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. What up? Hey, Ryan. It's Justin. A uh, couple comments about Mission Impossible. All right. First of all, don't listen to JJ. Noted. You need to see the first one. It's important. It sets precedent. It teaches you who the characters are. All right. Yeah, a little cheesy. And, you know, you're going to have to kind of get it some grace because of the time period and era Again. that it was made, just like any old movie. But um, you need to see it. It's important. Okay. Otherwise, I would probably mostly agree with JJ's The Rest of Mission Impossible. So two is definitely... I've watched it a couple times because it's that fun to like laugh at it and make fun of it. So if you're up for, I have a feeling that was the one I watched then because I'm I'm not kidding. I I think it was like a train scene or something. I don't. I, it, they were on something that was moving. I want to say it was a train. I don't know, but I I'm I'm not kidding you. I literally thought I was watching some kind of a spoof, and it turned out to be Mission Impossible. Just like an on purpose junkie movie, then yeah, two is worth watching. Otherwise, don't watch it. But otherwise, I agree with JJ's assessment of. The rest of the Mission Impossible. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to chime in on that. Thanks. All right, I gotta get. Uh, I gotta start carving out time for. I, I I have to dedicate time. You know, I I keep saying I'm gonna do it, and then I don't. I need to set up like movies while I'm doing, um, Packer stuff down here. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to focus on two things at once, but I should try it. You know, get some TV shows and some movies going while I'm taking notes. Accomplish two things at once. I'm just saying. Hey Ryan, I wanted to share with you my. Top five callers who made me laugh nice. the most. And so in number one slot... This is a brilliant idea, by the way. We've got Homestar Runner. Right. Um, definitely made me laugh a lot. Uh, is that his name? Do we know his name? Homestyle Runner? I was going with uh, Homestyle Auto for a long time, but I, I then, then I think I switched it to Runner because... I don't know. Anyways, number one, Homestyle Runner. Nice. Uh, number two is Apocalypto. Good one. Number three is post-hostile takeover Thomas Austin. Okay. Number four is Scooby. Wait, wait, post-hostile takeover Thomas Austin? The one that's um, been high on ayahuasca running from figments of his imagination? I'm just I'm just asking. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm just wondering if we got the, the phrasing right. Steve. And number five Steve is Steve. original Thomas Austin. <laughs> so that's my top five. I'm right. wondering if um, maybe you could break down your top five if you felt like to do so. I can't do that, man. I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, it's a good list, but I, I can't do that. And um, maybe let me know who you're. Uh, I would appreciate other people doing that, though. I think that's a it's a decent uh, it's a decent thing. Maybe not even five. Just maybe give me a caller who kind of like just got you made you really like laugh because there's a difference between like okay <laughs> charity chuckle and then there's like a difference of that was wildly amusing and it made me think about it again like throughout the day right. after i heard the call so give me your thoughts thanks 
I do know the first Apocalypto one got me, just because I was not expecting that at all. Um, there have been a couple others, just as far as the topics go. I can't even remember exactly what they were, but I, I remember they, they caught me. And, and unfortunately, some of them, like especially back in the day, I pre-listened to some of them, especially if I had no idea what they were, like the translation thing didn't make any sense. I'm like, I got to figure out what they're talking about. Now I go in completely blind with all these questions because it's more fun. Um, but there were a couple times I burst out laughing and we missed it on the recording because, so then I got to give it a charity chuckle because I already know it's coming, but it deserves a laugh. So anyways, Justin again. Hey Ryan, Justin again. Hey. I uh, wanted to know your opinion of fourth down go for it attempts. Okay. So like, is your opinion like, um, should punt? I mean, obviously, putting points up is always a, a go-to thing. So I'm excluding field goals. So the field goal's out of range. Your options are go for it or punt. Um, I wanted to know what your take was on that as far as, like, should teams be more going for it? Or, in your opinion, does it kind of matter how many yards they need? I mean, obviously, if it's, like, you know, one yard or inches or something, then that changes if they're, like, if they need 15 yards. But I've seen a lot of teams who punted who are, like, they needed three yards or they needed five yards, you know, and some teams go for it when they need like 10 yards or more and they sometimes make it, sometimes don't. So just wonder what your thoughts are on that. I personally get frustrated watching teams not go for it. It seems like I, I'm sure there's some stats and science or whatever you want to call it behind the decision process of going for it or not going for it, but it's certainly more entertaining to watch them go for it. So anyway, just want to know where you fell into the spectrum of going forward on fourth or punting. Thanks. Yeah, so like you said, it, it entirely dependent on on every bit of the situation. Um, what part of the game are we in? You know, I mean, obviously, if there's 30 seconds left and you're down by three and you have 60 yards to go, you got to go for it. Um, the momentum of the game and, and your belief that you're going to convert. I mean, if your offense hasn't done jack squat and you're backed up on your 20, you're punting. If you haven't done anything and you're on your 50, you might want to punt just because you don't want to give them a short field, which is probably what you're going to do because you're quite positive your offense is not going to convert right now because your offense hasn't done jack squat this whole game. Um, I think generally speaking, the data points toward wanting to go more often. I I'm really weird because as far as my opinion live during the game, which is maybe what you're asking... Um, I'm very conservative with stuff. I want to, like, if if you, for example, are in field goal range, I almost always want to kick a field goal. I hate going for it on fourth. Most people love going for it on fourth. Most people are much more uh, risky and wanting, to, just from my experience on Twitter and just talking to people, they always want to go for it. I never want to go for it. Take the points. Take the points. Take the points. Take the points. On the other side, when it's another team, I always want them to take the points because I'm scared they're going to convert. So <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm really scared of other teams converting. I'm really scared of the Packers not converting. So when it's the Packers, I want you to do the safe thing. When it's the other team, I, I want them to do the safe thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think the data points toward you should be going for it more and teams are doing that more often. And, and the Packers generally are a team that's quite good on offense. So they probably should. And I think they do, but, um, yeah, if you're if you're wondering ever watching a game, what I'm thinking, I'm probably not saying go for it. But you know that that even that depends. You know, again, if their if their offense is really moving and they just had like a rough series, 
But other than this little series, which is like a fluke thing with, you know, a player dropped it or maybe maybe somebody tripped and fell, but they easily would have had a first down. They're they're in my mind they're they're easily going to get it. Just go for it. So, but again, completely dependent on the situation. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Ryan. A couple calls ago, I uh, gave my like top five most amusing callers to me. Yeah, like 18 seconds ago. But I wanted to clarify, I've really appreciated everybody who's called in. I've actually really learned quite a bit about football, especially about Packers. So um, I was just um, kind of honing that into like callers that kind of made me laugh, not necessarily like who was good or not good as a caller. So just wanted to clear that up. Keep the calls coming. Thanks. Bye. All right, let's get to Mikey. What's up, man? Mike, hey, there. Ryan, hey. Mike Ebring. Yeah, I just wanted to, to call. I, I was watching another podcast, and they were talking about um, Sammy Watkins and Jair Alexander yesterday in practice. And the fact that Jair Alexander was absolutely, you know, smothering Sammy Watkins in yep. one-on-ones and how impressive that was that, that he was doing that. Um and I and I don't know if you, you you've, you're aware or not, but I have already stated I I expect absolutely nothing from Sammy Watkins this season. Absolutely nothing. Anything we get from that guy is absolute gravy. I mean, he is going to either be hurt or he's going to just not perform because that's that's his history. That's what he's going to do. Um, so yes. Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in the league, but I the the the, the absolute breathless overhype of the fact that he was covering Sammy Watkins like a glove. I mean, come on, it's Sammy Watkins. Anyway, love to hear your comments. Thanks. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's somewhat fair, but at the same time, he's done that to everybody. So if that's the stance, then it's kind of the stance about our entire wide receiver room, which it may be. He has completely shut down Romeo Dobbs. He has completely shut down Alan Lazard. He has completely shut down Winfrey. Um, so every single person has been shut down by Amari so far. And, and yeah, I think that's what's really going to be exciting about the preseason. Granted, guys like Jair probably aren't going to play, but at least we get somewhat of a better idea of where guys are at. I think the offensive and defensive line is the biggest thing, right? Because it's such an unbelievable mismatch right now. The defensive line is just walking right through the line like it doesn't exist. And it's probably a factor of, you know, in order to be that one-sided, there has to be an element of the offensive line being bad and the defensive line being good. But to what extent? And if our defensive line can't do anything against anybody else, we've got serious problems. Um, conversely, if our defensive line tears the other teams up, then then at least we got that going for us. But, you know, going up against somebody else will kind of give us a better metric, not 100%, because we might be going up against somebody else with a good defensive line or a bad offensive line, especially if we have some starters going out there against somebody's backup offensive line. You know, Dean Lowry will probably, and, and Jaron Reed will probably tear up somebody's second string, third string offensive lineman. So, um, and, and Slayton, you know, Slayton is technically second string, but I mean, he's, he's having just as good a camp as anybody else along that defensive line and Wyatt, you know, but, um, I, 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 it's just hard to tell right now, but, but I do know for a fact, and, and you even said this, Jair is, is having an unbelievable camp. I mean, just it's, you would think by accident, somebody would have caught a pass on him, but nothing so far. Romeo Dobbs is the only one that even got open and he dropped the pass. So it'll be good to kind of be able to see that. Um, hopefully Sammy plays a little bit so we can see if, if he can, you know, do a little bit of work against some other people. And he, he has had success against other, other people on the team. Just Jair is the one that he hasn't. Um, I haven't done a full tally, but he's been fine. Usually toward the end of camp, like I said, in, in two minute and whatnot, he'll, he'll find a way to get open and, and keep the chains moving and whatnot. But I don't know. I'm certainly not as low on him as you are. Um, I, I I would say I'm not as high as ever, but I don't think anybody's high on him. It's actually a little sad how low the entire fan base seems to be on him. Um, not that it's necessarily unwarranted, but the fact that they're so high on other guys that are almost identical to him. You know, I mean, Julio Jones, I'm not going to say Julio isn't better because I think he is, but he's got injury history just like he does. He has a lack of production recently just like he does. So, you know, or or pretty much anybody else that's still out there is is similar at the very least with the injuries if not the production as well so i don't know again we'll we'll just see how it goes i guess uh next caller jj what's up what's going on ryan it's clayton from techers techers tool access podcast (laughs) got you again (laughs) you keep thinking of different people when i call in but it's just me jj oh man anyways got me Hey, I was listening to you talk uh, yesterday's Back in After Dark about Rashawn Gary. And, mm-hmm. dude, I'm pumped for Rashawn Gary. I think he's going to have a monster season. But the way you were talking about him made me realize that you actually see even more for him. Because you were talking about, you specifically said top two. I mean, you threw the caveat of maybe top two. But you were talking about him as a top two Fast rusher in the league. Yep. Based on what he did last year. Right. Is, is what 
my interpretation of your words yesterday was. So I guess I'd like you to expound on that because that got me pretty pumped up, pretty excited. So I, I want to be as excited as you are. And uh, when I've looked at him and what he did last year, it was stupid exciting. But it uh, sounds like you saw even more than I did. Yeah, so it's it's a combination of a bunch of different things. Obviously, you have to start with, is he going to... A lot of this is based on the fact that he hasn't still hasn't reached his apex yet. But that may be completely false. He may Maybe last year was his peak and he goes down from here, in which case, way off, right? He's, he's not top 20, he's, he's whatever. Um, but if we, continue, if we believe that that was just a step in a direction and he's headed somewhere, um, there's, there's a couple things. Number one is undervaluing Rashawn Gary, and number two is overvaluing some of the other guys. Um, for example, Miles Garrett is going to be seen as maybe the best pass rusher in football, if not the best pass rusher. Um, and I, I, I don't know that... I, I think he's getting too much credit. Some of the points that I made about Rashawn Gary, and I wrote an article on the Substack about it. You don't have to pay to be able to see it, so whatever. But um, if you want some of this information, it's all on there. It's very in-depth about his stats and how much better than... Or, or how much we should trust what we saw last year and everything else. But I'm not going to get into all that. But just, just off the top here, just so we're clear, he had 87 pressures on 481 attempts, 18.1% pressure rate. That is godlike. Nobody really... You got to understand, I think it was Zadarius Smith in like 2019 or whatever, he had like 17 some odd percent. And I said, he will not do that again. And you know how I know that? Because nobody does that more than once. Nobody gets like 17%. It's it's so unbelievably rare. Guys like Khalil Mack have those years maybe once. Von Miller maybe once, maybe twice. I don't know. Outside of maybe Aaron Donald, and I don't know if Aaron Donald has even had a 17% year more than once. Rashawn Gary topped that. By the way, Clay Matthews never had a year like this. Julius Peppers, as a Packer at least, and, and, and as far back as I can see in his entire career, never had a year like this. 18% is absolutely psychotic. So when I say that he's underrated, that's what I'm talking about. He had not just a good year, he had a historically good year. So when you look at Miles Garrett, for example, um, he had 78 pressures compared to Rashawn Gary's 87. So he had, what, uh, nine less pressures, and he had, uh, let's see, 40, 50, 60, 62 more attempts. But he, he registered 18 sacks compared to Rashawn Gary's 12. So he gets seen as one of the elite pass rushers in football. And what I'm telling you isn't that he isn't great, but I am telling you that he's a psychotic human being and that this was a beyond historic year. And in fact, if you look at Miles Garrett in his entire career, in 2021, last year, that was the most pressures he's ever had. That's 14.4%, which is great. And that's the thing. When you look at the Khalil Max, when you look at the... Um, you know, the, the, the top of the top, this is generally where they're at. They're sitting at 14, 15%, between 13 and 15. That's, that's next level, real good stuff. That's the best Rash- that, that Miles has ever done. 14%. Rashawn was 18 last year. His first full year of playing, you look at Nick Bosa, he had 88 pressures, which is one more than Rashawn, and 21 sacks. These are PFF sacks, not official sacks, but still 88 pressures, 21 sacks. So that's better. Aside from the fact where he only had one more pressure 
and like 150 more attempts, his pressure rate was 14.4%, exact same as Miles Garrett. TJ Watt, who is probably the best pass rusher in football right now, 67 pressures, 23 sacks, much less attempt. The, the sacks are insane, by the way, because he had 449 attempts. You compare that to these other guys who had 600 attempts, that's nuts. But he was still at just 15, 14.9%, not quite 15% for TJ Watt. Rashawn Gary, 18%. It's, it's, these are things that people just don't get that. You know what I mean? 18% just doesn't happen. If you look at Nick Bosa's best year ever was in 2019, he had 102 pressures on 595 attempts, 17.1%. And that is an elite, elite, elite year. Again, Zadarius, when he had his elite year the same year, both of them cracked 100 pressures, insane, 17%. Rashawn was over 18%. How about Joey Bosa, another elite player? I know he's had injury issues and everything else, but he's had elite pressure or pass rush grades every single year. The best year that I can see appears to be roughly 14.7%. The best that I can see for TJ Watt, maybe about 15.9%. The best ever in five years. Best pass rusher in football, 15%. PFF is being stupid and not loading right now. But beyond that, there's there's another thing that I had put in the article. You know what? Let me just pull up the article here so we can just look at the numbers. Um, Whatever. Oh, here. You know what? It popped up. Never mind. Now, let me pull up the article. If you just calculate out the pressure percent, what percentage of the time when you're trying to get to the quarterback did you generate a pressure? He was number one in the NFL. Beyond that, though, let, let, let's the, the other one that really stands out is win percentage. Win percentage is fun because it takes it even a step further because the reason I like pressure percentage is we're isolating out passing plays and only, t- you know, it's not run plays. It's, it's you are trying to get a pressure. Did you? Could be a sack, a hit, or a hurry. Did you do it? Yes or no? Rashawn Gary, number one. But there's also win percentage. Because sometimes you can beat the guy in front of you, but the ball comes out quick or whatever. But the question simply is, as far as being a pass rusher, can you whoop the man in front of you? Rashawn Gary was ranked second, winning, winning against the guy in front of him 26.3% of the time. The highest win percentage last year was 23.5% Joey Bosa. In fact... And, and it's upsetting that Max Crosby also had such an elite year because Max Crosby was actually ahead of Rashawn at 26 point whatever. Nobody prior to 2021 in PFF history ever, which goes back to like 2007, has ever reached 26%. If it wasn't for Max Crosby also being a psychopath, Rashawn Gary would have been the first ever to reach 26%. The most dominant pass rusher in terms of beating the man in front of you ever documented in all of PFF history. I, 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 I. So again, it, it simply comes down to, is he going to massively regress? If he doesn't, he, he arguably already is the best pass rusher in football. And I know the sacks aren't there. I get it. That's frustrating for some people. But I'm telling you, if you want a guy that's just going to beat the guy in front of him, I don't know that there's anybody better than Rashawn Gary right now. And if his sacks were at a higher clip, similar to what TJ Watt and Miles Garrett and those guys are putting out, there wouldn't be any doubt in anybody's mind he's the best pass rusher in football. But because, first of all, he has a lot less attempts than most of these guys. Again, Miles Garrett's 600-some-odd attempts, and Rashawn is at 400-some-odd attempts. But even still, if he just converted more of these to sacks, it would not even be a doubt. He'd have sacks in the 20s like the rest of these guys, and there would be no doubt. 
But it's a much more quiet thing with Rashawn because he doesn't have the one metric that everybody cares about, which is sack. So, so I guess what I'm saying is he already is top three. He, he already is top two. The only question in my mind is, is he going to regress? That's it. If he doesn't, and, and I'm sure everybody will disagree. Oh, no, he's not. He's not top five. He's not. Da, 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 da. He's not because he doesn't have the sacks. Fine. You, I don't care what you think. I'm perfectly content with a guy that is the most elite pass rusher in football you know, with everything except getting sacks, right? He, he has pressures and, and hits on the quarterback, but, you know, only has like 14 sacks in a season or something. Oh, shoot. I will get over it. So that's it. And, and, and again, really unsustainable to keep it that high. But even if he regresses, if, if he gets back down into that 15% range, he's still sitting in the exact same range as Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa, and Joey Bosa, and TJ Watt, that 14-15% range, that's where the elite players live. So regression doesn't mean anything. So long as he still hovers in that range, he's still in the conversation as one of the best. The only problem is if he gets back down into the 12% range, where you're a good pass rusher, but you're not in elite company anymore. And by the way, the elite guys hover in 12% once in a while, but I can't call you top three if you're at 12%. So that's, that's my thought process on Rashawn Gary. And again, that article goes much more in depth on on not just not just that, but the main point of the article was to prove that we should trust that this wasn't a one-year fluke, because basically it's never happened before. Guys that reach this level of dominance do not do it just in one year. And in fact, the closest comps I can find are both of the Watts, TJ and JJ Watt, the, the most similar trajectories to what Rashawn has done. So, anywho, next caller, what's up? Hey, Ryan, it's Gary. Hey, I just want to ask the uncomfortable question of, are we ever going to find a legitimate long snapper? Oh, okay. I feel like this training camp still not got a cool front runner. No. And are we going to go through the whole preseason and still not legitimately have what we would feel like a comfortable person in that position hiking the ball? And could we possibly get into the season again and still keep looking for a long snapper. Second question. Pause you there. Um, I'm I'm really getting to the of the opinion that they're going to start making some moves pretty quick here. I really think the Packers are trying to hold firm to their belief that let's let's wait at least for the first preseason game to before we fully evaluate anyone. But there, there's been just in the last 24 hours a ton of talk about, for example, offensive line. I saw an article about. The Packers very regularly, right around this time, bring in a veteran offensive lineman. There's been comments from you know people talking about how bad the offensive line is, including Aaron Rodgers, by the way, which is super damning. You know, which also is why you trust him when he says great things about Romeo Dobbs, which he did again today. Um, but basically, saying it's not good enough. Like this is not going to cut it, and and we will be looking outside for help if these guys don't figure it out. And so I do think that that's going to happen. And I think the one thing that provides me with a little bit of comfort is is Rich Passaccia, because they are going to lean on his expertise. And, and essentially, they're, Matt LaFleur and, and Brian Gutekunst are going to work with him. And he's going to be able to say, you know, either, yes, I think we can make this work with these guys, or this is not working. They're not getting it. We, we need to bring somebody else in for a competition. You know, may, maybe hang on to Coco drop uh, Wirtel or whatever and uh, bring in somebody else and, and just, just get to work on trying that because you're right, it does sound pretty bad. It sounds like it's not working out, which is 
unfortunate. I actually talked to Jack Coco's dad um, just very briefly, just kind of talking about how things are going with with Jack and everything else. It's actually kind of funny too because I didn't realize how many Georgia Tech guys we had here. But uh, I think Jack's got a couple friends in in the room with uh, what Tariq Carpenter and I forget who the other one was, but there's somebody else. Anyways, um, so I'm kind of rooting for him, you know. I mean, I, I want things to work out, but it just it doesn't sound great. But I, I really do believe that very quickly something's going to happen. Um, so I, I I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what, but especially looking at the offensive line. And and granted, you can say, well, David Bakhtiari's coming back, so what's the big deal? Like, it'll be better then. I don't know, man. But I just know that this is really, really bad. And if we go through this first preseason game and Jordan Love gets murdered out there, I think I think very quickly we'll see something along the offensive line. And yeah, the long snapper thing, again, it, it's going to come down to Pisaccia, essentially, given the given the thumbs up here. And maybe he already has. That's the other thing, too. And maybe Gudekunst is like, well, let's give it time. And Pisaccia said like a week ago, these guys suck. I want something else, you know. And he gets the whole talk about, well, I can't just can't just pull something out of thin air. I don't really know. And we got to check. And da, da, da. I don't exactly know where those things are at. But um, I'm to the point now where I do expect something to happen. And yeah, that, that absolutely can be in the, in the regular season. They can bring people in and work them out and try them out and, um, see how it goes and, and move on if need be. That would be kind of an interesting question to see who's still out there, but I'm sure there are tons of capable long snappers floating around out there, um, that just have not really gotten a lot of opportunities that we could try out. And, and they're, I'm sure they all have issues, but you know, why not? just make it a revolving door and just trying out as many people as we can to see if you can find that hidden gem. Anyways, next question. Um, during the preseason, you know, we usually get looks at guys that aren't playing a lot um, during the regular season just to see what they can do and maybe move up the depth chart. How often do you think that we're going to see our second teamers versus our first teamers playing against other teams, first teamers? Um, and is that really going to skew how we we judge their performance. Have a good one. Yeah, that is a, that is an issue, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves with this whole process. Is especially the Packers. It seems like really are on the quote unquote cutting edge. I guess you could call it of the we don't play our starters movement, and a lot of other teams, especially if they have young guys. You know, you look at the Bears. They don't. You know, Justin Fields isn't at that level yet, where it's like he's fine. No, he's not. He needs practice. Um, other young guys that young guys, young teams, they want to play their starters and, and just other teams in general, they, they want to at least give them a crack at it. The Packers are much more of a team that says we will not play our starters period. So we do have a lot of our second team going up against their first team. And yeah, we suck. You know, you got Jordan love and um, you know, Yash or maybe not even Yash. I don't know. Um, maybe Cole Van Lannan and Michael Manette and Jake Hansen and, Sean Ryan and, and Zach Tom at offensive line, and then the wide receivers are what? Romeo, Amari, and Jawan Winfrey with Samori Ture, Patrick Taylor, or, or not even, Tyler Goodson is your running back, maybe Patrick Taylor also, and uh, Tyler Davis at tight end with Dominique Daphne and Sal Canella. I mean, you know, I hopefully some of these guys can be quite good at football, but the, but this is not the kind of roster that you want going up against a number one NFL defense, and that's what's going to happen. And likewise with offenses. It doesn't matter if it's a bad offense. If you've got just your second team out there, you know, 
I mean, granted, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, and Jack Heflin, you could do worse than that, but you know, Heflin isn't going to give you much, and Devontae's still raw, and, and Slayton is decent, but mostly just a run defender. Then you got, what, Garvin, Barnes, McDuffie, Naliai, Gafford, Vernon Scott. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's brutal. And it also sucks because you get excited and you want to see your guys and you want to see the Packers make plays and complete passes and get excited about stuff, and they're not going to do that because they're going up against a higher caliber of team, and that kind of sucks. And eventually it kind of switches. You know, Eventually they'll put their second teamers out there, and hopefully you start to see a little bit more success. But by that point, we're starting to put our third team in, and it's like, oh, come on. So that is frustrating and annoying. It'll be interesting to see, you know, we're going up against the 49ers, so yeah, I, I would assume Trey Lance is going to be in there. I can't speak to the rest of the, you know, probably sit some of the offense, although you can't sit your offensive line if you're starting quarterbacks out there, right? You're going to get him killed. So our, our second string defense will be up against Trey Lance in the starting offense. Uh, maybe some of their defensive players, obviously their stars are going to sit, but, you know, it, it's frustrating. The Saints might be a little bit better. You know, I mean, we, we got the joint practices, which will be good, but then also I, I think they'll probably want to sit a lot of these guys. Um, same with the Chiefs. I would assume most of them are going to, you know, aside from rookies, but we're going to play our rookies too. So those two might be good. But I, I think the 49ers might suck a little bit because, again, I, I would bet Trey Lance is going to play, especially as much as he's struggling. I think they're going to put him out there. Now, I'm fine with it if we can pick off some Trey Lance passes because he's garbage, but the, the guy runs blazing fast. And so we're going to have Colin Kaepernick flashbacks as he runs all over the field and then starts completing passes. And then we're going to get frustrated because it's like, well, this guy sucks, but he's completing passes against us. Maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. <laughs> and it's going to, you know, just don't want to deal with it. Anyways, Garrett's got another question. Hey, Ryan, I just listened to the last podcast, and I swear I'm going to have to buy Rosetta Stone just to understand the other callers calling in. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I looked on their website, and there is nothing there for robot voice in translation yeah so uh hopefully we can uh, move on to that and get some guys calling in with uh legit questions have a good one i understand uh john hey buddy this is john from phoenix what's up just uh about how many sacks fields is gonna get on sacks is the word there google google was off on that one i was getting worried i was like what are you talking about saturday um you know when you go into Bears fans' uh, social media groups and ask that question, eventually they catch on. It takes them a, a while, but eventually they catch on, and they start posting things like, hey, how did this guy get in this group? He's a Packer fan. He's not even a Bear fan. Oh, oh, boy, how did he get here? My profile picture is literally a selfie that I took standing in front of the main entrance to Lambeau Field. It couldn't be any more clear. So that does, seeing those comments this morning uh, made me smile. I hope you have a good day tomorrow, Ryan, and uh, go Pack Go. I love that John has taken it upon himself to join Bears Facebook groups in the, in the depths of their despair, troll them to death, and then report back to the podcast how that's going. So Godspeed, John, and... Um, Keep up the great work. You're 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 doing a great job, and keep letting us know how um, how the trolling is going. We got one final call for the day, and I have to quickly go upstairs and find some food. Come back downstairs and doing something with Matt Ramage, and then I go to bed. I guess maybe watch some uh, movies. Probably not. What's up? 
Hi. Didn't leave my name last time. You called me Caller 5, so I'm just going to go with that. This is Caller 5. Caller 5. Um, <clears throat> Literally going to pause this and put in uh, Caller 5. I don't know. You said you didn't leave your name, so yeah, that's a mystery. But now you are you are forever Caller 5. Whatever I put in here, that's what it is. Like Justin, it says Justin JJ's friend. So that's that's forever his name. Um, Garrett is Garrett Southern Illinois. John is John Phoenix. Uh, Joe is Joe CT because he introduced himself. He didn't say from Connecticut. He said from CT. So he's Joe CT. So uh, be careful how you introduce yourself the first time because that was that is what you will be forever. Also, it seems to uh, be important to have some fun on these calls. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my question as Jerry Jones. Uh, <laughs> let me know what you think. Here we go. Um, so uh, this is Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and, uh, and my question was just about Aaron Rodgers and the comments that he that he made today about uh, his offensive line and that he's looking to get some outside help. And is that concerning to you because he's, you know, he's uh, calling them out, but uh, um, wanting outside help makes me think that uh, that they're not up to snuff. And, uh, and I'm just concerned about that, and I want to get your thoughts. Take care now. Well, i got to be honest. That might be the first time anybody called in with an accent that actually sounded pretty good. That, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely up to speed on. I haven't heard his voice in a long time, but I feel like it's something like that. That was, that was pretty solid. There was a hint of, like, church lady in that, you know? The, it was, who, it was, who did that? Was it David Spade? Well, isn't that special? Just a hint. But no, it was that was that was good. Um, yeah, kind of talked about it a little bit. Caller five, I think it's I think it's legitimate. You know, I, I think they recognize that this is not good enough. And again, my my thought is they're gonna they're gonna give it time, but not much time. I think the biggest question is what are you actually gonna do though? I mean, outside of that right guard spot, all the other spots are essentially spoken for. I mean, left guard is David Bakhtiari eventually, potentially week one. The left guard spot is Runyon. I'm sure they like Runyon. Center spot is Josh Myers. They're certainly not going to give up on him. And then Elton Jenkins is a right tackle. And if you're talking about going out and getting a short-term rental, fine. But, you know, there's there's a limit to how good of a player you're willing to go get to fill in, like, what, three months, two months of football play? So, I, again, we're really just looking at getting a really good right guard, whatever that even means. Um or just some capable veterans that are kind of... Riley Reef would have been pretty good, but the Bears already claimed that guy. And again, I don't know if you get Riley Reef knowing that he's just going to be a short-term fix and then he's just going to sit on the bench the rest of the year and the Packers have to pay for that. So I don't know exactly what that even looks like to go get veteran help, but I do, exp- I, I, I do understand that they're not happy with the way that things are. And I do believe that they're going to plan to fix it, I guess. But I'm going to leave it at that because I am absolutely starving and uh, I only have 20 minutes to get back down here before I have to record with Mr. Ramaj. So you guys have a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.